Greenwood and I head up communications and customer marketing here at Cloudinary. This is MX Matters where we discuss all things media experience and the trends shaping the visual economy. I'm so happy to be here with Eric Hochberger, co-founder and CEO of Mediavine to learn more about Mediavine and its business. Eric, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So tell us um, who is Mediavine and you know, your products, services, and how you help your customers. Yeah, I would love to. So <clears throat> Mediavine is becoming more and more complex to describe. So I'm going to try my best to do the elevator pitch, but we are full service ad management for content creators at our core. So we have about 8,000 lifestyle publishers that we do their exclusive ad management for. That means is we're selling the ads on their blog through the exchanges. So we help them make the most dollars per ad spot on their site. Uh, and we do this across their display inventory and their video inventory uh, and native as well. So anywhere on basically any kind of lifestyle site you may have seen, whether it's a food blog, a craft site, even personal finance, travel, we're across the gamut. You'll see the little Medivine logo under some ads. Uh, that means that we are helping that publisher uh, sell their ad inventory and basically allowing them to create content and get paid for it. So we like to think that we help power the open web. But in addition to that, uh, Mediavine also offers a suite of products to help our publishers uh, create that content. So not just about monetizing it for them, uh, but we have WordPress plugins uh, such as Trellis, which is our theme framework designed to help publishers hit core web vitals and still have a pretty nice looking uh, good site with good user experience. We have Create, which helps our publishers uh, create recipe and other kind of content and what we call their most valuable content uh, and do it in a nice structured and SEO friendly way. And then finally, we have Grow, which is our social sharing plugins. So we're kind of across the board. I could go into so much more detail on all those, but I'll try to make it quick. Um, so basically, we like to think of it, we are here to help small publishers. Uh, so small to medium sized publishers, typically lifestyle publishers run a successful business, help as much as we can. That was Amazing. Um, you touched on sort of what I wanted to dive into next, which is, I think, a topic that's on at least a lot of our customers' minds, um, Core Web Vitals, um, which, of course, is Google's new page speed requirements as part of the page experience algorithm update. So um, that's happening this month. Um, and so I wondered if you could share maybe starting at a, a higher level, what is Core Web Vitals? Um, and what does this mean for creators and publishers? Yeah, so there's this big, scary new algorithm update that just started rolling out called Page Experience, I think about uh, middle of this month, June 14th or so. Uh, and within that page experience, Google for the first time ever has set actual requirements that you need for page speed. They're no longer just being uh, very ambiguous where they say run a fast site. Now they're actually saying you need to hit the following three metrics, and those are what are known as core web vitals. They are largest contentful paint or how quickly the largest generally image on your page is loading or largest element on your page. It could be a body of text if you have a lot of text on a page, but what, how quickly that loads first. Uh, then they have first input delay, which we like to call kind of the freebie, like filling out the stamp, filling out your name on a Scantron. It's generally pretty easy to hit if you have a fast site. It's how quickly when the user first clicks on something on your site, does it respond? As long as you don't have uh, horribly inefficient JavaScript tying up the entire page, you should hit that one. And then the one that's been, I, at least for our publishers, selling them through the biggest loop is cumulative layout shift. 
And that's as your page is loading, how much do things move around? And as a user is scrolling through your page, do things continue to move around? So if you do tricks like lazy loading images uh, to speed up your site, and suddenly an image comes in and moves the content around, that's going to ding you for cumulative layout shifts. So in a way, some of these things are even counter, uh, like counterbalancing each other. So how do you improve page speed without causing layout shift? And it's a lot of fun, but we're happy about it because for the first time ever, it means Google uh, has given us actual goalposts to go for. Right, right. We all know there's sort of parameters, right? So um, how, what, what should, what are some of the things that I guess developers, brands, publishers should be thinking about first as a first step? If you're hearing about this for the first time. Um. <laughs> uh, be, be only slightly terrified. First, I think the most <laughs> important thing to note with any Google algorithm signal, it's just a small percentage. So good content is always the main thing Google's looking for. So if you aren't hitting core web vitals, you're not gonna drop completely out of the search engine rankings. Uh, it's just one, one signal of thousands. So I always tell people don't stress too much, uh, but now that you're stressing because everyone does because it's something that Google told us to do and we all listen to uh, Mr. Google when it comes to what we need to improve about our sites because they give us so little in general of what they tell us to do. So we're all gonna follow this, we're all gonna obsess. Uh, so what can you do? I think the most important thing is first, if you've never heard of this before, go to PageSpeed Insights and I would run one of your posts, so not your homepage, but one of your most popular articles, run it through there and it will show you at the top. There's something called the origin summary. It will tell you overall how your page is doing. You wanna look at the mobile tab, not necessarily the desktop tab, because most of us get most of our traffic through mobile and that's where they rolled out the algorithm first. Desktop is coming later. So go under mobile, see how your site's doing. You can also uh, verify your site with Google Search Console. Uh, and inside there, there are gonna be a new page experience in the left-hand side. Click on that, see how you're doing. Or if you're already passing and don't stress, somehow you magically pass without doing anything and that's the best thing I've ever heard. Uh, but for most of us, it always give you guidance and what you need to improve. Which of those three core web vitals are you failing at? That's awesome, that's really helpful. Um, I wanted to switch gears to video. Um, it's been sort of, I mean, this past year has really taught us that, right, video is a common thread for all of us, the thing that was keeping us together. Um, there were new use cases and then obviously use cases that just expanded and sort of um, in demand and there arise there. What, I mean, what are you seeing sort of from, from your perspective, um, you know, beyond COVID, beyond the lessons that we learned last year in terms of how important these connections are, um, what events have you seen or expect to see that really demonstrate the video market has reached an inflection point? Yeah, I think it's tough to separate anything from COVID right now. It's been uh, the past two years of our lives or year and a half, how long it's been. Uh, but I think video has changed for the better actually due to the pandemic. I think at this point, um, video has become the main way in which all of us stay in touch, communicate, whether it's all of our Zoom meetings that we're on right now, uh, and everyone has moved to this kind of remote thing that I think video has just become uh, more second nature to us, whether we're FaceTiming with people rather than making a phone call. Uh, so I think video in general has just become more second nature to us. For our publishers that are content creators, video is more important than ever. Uh, and again, you see this because we're in the advertising industry, so much money has moved towards these streaming services that again are exploding due to COVID and due to the pandemic. Uh, and so there's a lot of budgets that have been moving from traditional broadcast TV over to uh, the mobile web and into what is called 
connected TV or OTT in our space. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of new advertising budgets. So that's been great for Mediavine publishers with video. Uh, video is one of the typically was one of the most expensive things to produce, right? Compared to maybe doing a blog post that you'll spend, I don't know, let's say 30 minutes writing a blog post and it could potentially take you hours uh, to make a video if you're editing down that video. But I think luckily, hopefully with the pandemic, a lot of us have also accepted the fact that video isn't always gonna be the highest quality as we all zoom from at home and maybe we're not always uh, camera ready, then maybe we won't have the same expectations of video uh, going forward so that it hopefully will be easier for content creators to be able to produce uh, and be able to do it for all the different formats that are expected of content creators these days. Whether it's making one for the mobile web where they're at Mediavine, they use a Mediavine video player, or they're uploading it to Facebook, to Instagram, and these things that have so many different aspect ratios and so many different audiences and editing them. Uh, hopefully, I think that audiences will learn uh, to accept, uh, or at least I would say content creators would accept the fact that maybe there's a little bit of sacrifice in quality, uh, not necessarily visual quality, but the, the editing uh, in order to get content out quicker. Yeah, um, I think as we think about, as we think through sort of, you touched on, you know, you want to improve the digital experience, it's it, deliver something that's as, as fast and flawless as possible. Um, to engage. And I think that's the way, you know, businesses understand they need to connect with their audiences in this way, hoping that too, there's some forgiveness um, in some ways, but in your experiences along these lines, as we sort of come out of this period where there's been this major acceleration across, you know, brands, creators, publishers, and we're all trying to do more across more channels. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges you think that maybe lie immediately ahead of us. Um, and then of course, on the other side, the biggest opportunities, as you said, video, it's gotten better, right? Like we've, there's been so many sort of improvements over the last like 18 months to make sure that we do, we do and can deliver these experiences. Um, so yeah, challenges and opportunities in, in your mind. Yeah, I think as all businesses uh, are gonna experience a, a, a different post and pre COVID world, uh, I don't think we're going to go back entirely to the way things were for everything. So I know we at Mediavine have embraced so much more video. And again, not just for our content creators, where we call it the year or decade of video here, where we're encouraging them to produce so much video, but Mediavine itself from our corporate brand, we have our Facebook lives. We have uh, everything that we do to encourage uh, our publishers to, to learn and grow their businesses. We have uh so much more video that we've done um, because we used to have real world conferences, right? So instead of being able to have everyone all get together in a room, we turn that into an entire series of videos over a, our summer of live. Uh, so we have been adapting. And the question becomes, how much of this stuff do we go back to? Do we go back to real world conferences? I hope some, because I do actually start to miss people. I'm an introvert and I even miss people at this point. So I do think we will be going back to some real world stuff, but I think this creates a great opportunity for us to be able to reach larger audiences uh, by doing both, right? For the first time ever, we are learning as industries that we can, I think, do both. There, there's going to be a balance of what we do in the real world. Maybe we're not all on airplanes every week to go out there and meet all of our clients. Uh, maybe instead we're doing a hybrid model where we're doing both video, uh, conferencing, uh, and then the real world events. So I think there's incredible opportunities for people that are able to adapt to this new world uh, and and really grow their business. 
I agree. I love that optimistic. I do think sort of a lot of, you know, if you were, I think if you were thinking that really the real power came from all of these in-person interactions and that we couldn't go this way, I think, um, I think you've learned that there is, it can still be a very authentic experience. Um, it can bring the power to bring more people together. I think a more diverse lens. I mean, it's just, um, you know, there are fewer boundaries, right? When we can all jump on a Zoom and, um, and have those experiences, I agree. I think our international well, I publishers are, are, are loving the fact that they're like first-class citizens now and they're not, uh, okay, maybe we'll do a UK conference if we can or a smaller UK event. Now it's, everything is for the entire world. So that diversity angle is awesome, I think. Yeah, level the playing field, totally. Um, totally agree, it's, and that's what technology should do, right? Um, mm -hmm. So that's great. Well, I, I really appreciate Eric, you joining us. This was, um, this was really helpful. I think even with Core Web Vitals, so if anyone was sort of new to the topic, um, can dive right in and, and see how their pages are doing. Um, and yeah, just really appreciate you being here with us for a little bit this morning. Yeah, just real quick. We also have a free Core Web Vitals uh, guide on the Mediavine blog, uh, which talks about how we got the Hollywood Gossip, which is actually a site that we own and operate, how we got that one to pass Core Web Vitals a couple months ago. And that guide's got like 20 tips that I think developers will really appreciate because it does get a little technical at points. And uh, shout out to Cloudinary who helped with all the images and that. So that. There's a little section in there where we, we talk about how we use Cloudinary, but I would recommend you start with that guide as well if you are not passing all your core web vitals. It's an awesome blog. Yes, please do go check that out and we'll link to it as well when we share this out. Um, but yeah, so for our listeners, please smash the like button, subscribe to the latest episodes of MX Matters and join us to keep up to date on all things in the experience. Eric, thanks again. Really appreciate it. All right, thanks, Joy.